Good morning, Hillcrest. Hey, good for y'all that are here on a holiday weekend. I thought it'd be completely empty. I thought uh, the reason they, they made me preach today is because nobody will be here to hear me. And No, I'm kidding. Uh, actually, uh, uh, a while ago, I got an email saying, there's all these Sundays, and here's uh, what we're speaking on each Sunday. And I quickly answered back, I want July the 3rd because I want to talk to you about Romans chapter 8. It's one of my favorite chapters. <laughs> and so yeah, the reason that I, I quickly left Pastor Dave to chapters 6 and 7 was on purpose. <laughs> talking about sin. Talking about sin. The wages of sin is death. We're going to go back and do a little review here. The wages of sin is death. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 I used to just think that was yeah sinners die go to hell but I've come to the conclusion that the pay for sinning is death to a number of things it's really a death to relationships how many marriages have been destroyed by sin? How many relationships between child and uh, between the kids and parents? How many relationships have been destroyed? How many other things have been destroyed? How much peace has been destroyed? Death to peace. When people walk out in their selfishness and all of their sin, the peace goes, the contentment goes, a real enjoyable life. There's always something that's there. It's always jealousy and, and anger and all kinds of things. The pay for sinning is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, what a difference. You know, I, I was just thinking about this the other day. We're living in an age where sin abounds, and it's just out there all over the place. It's just all over the news. Uh, after watching the, the first uh, 15 minutes of the news the other night, I said to my wife, do you realize every one of those stories was based in sin? People angry, people hurting, people uh, uh, giving God the finger. I'm not going to, uh, 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 I'm, it's my body, I'll do what I want with it. It's, it's, it's sin. It's incredible. What do you do about it? Well, we'll make a law that this isn't sin, and then it won't matter. Or we'll make a law saying this is sin. And the bottom line is, and remember this, you can't legislate righteousness. There's no laws that can register, can legislate righteousness. Because it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. It's something that's deep within us. We have people today that are so proud of their sin. They don't mind standing there saying, it's my body. I can do what I want with it. And the, and, 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 and the Lord just looks at them. He loves us. He loves everyone. He loves those that are angry at him. He loves all of that. But the bottom line is, you can't legislate righteousness. You can't cause righteousness to come. If you want to be righteous, there's one word. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Dave mentioned 
that no one wants to talk about that word sin. I think he was quoting Brian Haney when he, when he shared that. Nobody wants to talk about that word sin. We've got to make it look, you know. Uh, but there's another word that no one wants to talk about. And it's seldom used. It's called repent. Repentance. Hey, I'm a sinner. I need to repent. Instead, we live in a world, and especially in our society, it's a blame game. It really isn't my fault. You know, it's because my parents. It, it's really my, my, my fault. It was the government. They, the, it, it really it isn't my fault. No, no, it isn't my fault. In Spanish, it's, it's built right in the language. If you drop something, you say, say, cayo. It fell itself. <laughs> it wasn't me. It fell itself. Yeah. It was just, it, it's somebody else's fault. It go right back to Adam and Eve. God comes to Adam. What does Adam say? Adam says, well, God, it's your fault because you gave me this woman. Look at her. <laughs> it's her fault. No, it's your fault. It's, the blame game started off right in the beginning. And what did Eve say? She said, well, it was the serpent's fault. And the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. He was, yeah. Blame, 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 blame. The, the, the bottom line is we have to recognize sin is sin and we need to repent. And that brings us right down to that verse that was on, I think it was last week, Pastor Steve wrote, read, what a wretched man I am. <laughs> How wretched I am because I'm a sinner. And as you go through the book of Romans, the first chapters, it talks about different sins and it talks about different things there. And it comes down to, I get tempted to this and I want to do this because my flesh wants this and this and this. Oh, wretched man that I am. Verse 7, chapter 7, pardon me, verse 24 and 25. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? How am I going to get out of this? I need to repent. And thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, incredible. I don't have to live in sin. I can be forgiven. I can be forgiven. All I have to do is repent and say, yes, I am a sinner. Please, please, Lord, forgive me. And then chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. No condemnation. How come you're not cheering, guys? <laughs> Woo! There's no condemnation. You know the scene, the, the, the court scene, and everybody's in there, and the judge goes, not guilty, and everybody cheers and screams and hollers and gets upset, and uh, some get upset and some get happy. Hey, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is now no condemnation. I like the King James. I, sorry if I keep going back to King James and not the NIV because I learned it in King James. But there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Real life Fantastic life comes through Jesus Christ. Through repenting and saying, yes, I need you, Lord. I need you to come, your spirit to come and be within me. I need you. The, the law of the spirit gives me life. 
He set me free from the law of sin. I don't have to live under all of the burden of sin. I can repent and be free. And there's no condemnation. Not guilty. How's that possible? And the enemy comes and he starts to drag up stuff from the past. And he says, yeah, but look at this. No, not there, not there. I love the, the, the little story of the fellow who was repenting and he was down and he was crying out and he said, oh, Lord, forgive me for this and this and this and this. and Oh, Lord, forgive me. And then he stopped. No. And then he remembered something else. He says, Lord, remember what I just told you? The Lord said, no. The sea of his God's forgetfulness. <laughs> and no fishing in the sea. Forgiveness. We can be free. We don't have to live under the law of sin and death. We didn't need to be yielded to the Spirit. Look at what it says in verse 3. 8, 3. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be, to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Now we have a new opportunity. I don't have to live back on, under all of that. Oh, I can live guided by the spirit but I have to yield to the spirit. Pastor Dave spoke real well about that the Lord said he would write his law in our hearts now. Not a law written out by the government, but the law of the Lord planted in my heart. Well, how does that work? He gives me, he puts within me. Some say, well, that's your conscience. I don't know. It's his law written in me, and his Holy Spirit is the one who brings that alive in me. I'll tell you a story. A number of years ago when the jet ink printers just came out for your computer, um, after we had the dot matrix, you know, the clickety-clacky ones, uh, I went to buy one because I, uh, we needed one. And so I, down in Texas, I went to Office Depot and went in and I told the, the fellow young guy, I want that one there. And he said, oh, I'll have to get it for you. And he climbed up where it was stored and he brought down this box and he sold it to me. And I took it home and I opened it up and there were two of them in there. <laughs> wow. Hey, Doug, you just got a freebie. Yeah. And that was the flesh. The spirit says, you got to take it back. And the flesh said, oh, no, 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 you can use it for the ministry. <laughs> or you can sell it and, you know, and, and that's the flesh. The spirit saying, no, you got to take it back. So I took the one out of the box, kept it, took the other one back. I went into the, to the home, uh, pardon me, the office depot, and I, I went to the person and I said, this is what happened, this and this. And they said, oh, whatever. They took it. <laughs> he didn't even thank me. <laughs> I walked out there mad. I should have kept it. That was the flesh again. Right? He didn't even care. And the Holy Spirit said, you did what was right because you don't steal. See, that's the battle. Is the Holy Spirit going to be in charge? 
Are you going to be in charge? He's written those things in our hearts. Those who live according to the flesh, look what it says in verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Here's those that are living by the flesh. The things that really are important to them is uh, their emotions, their, 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 their feelings, their desires. Their, I, I've got to do this. I've got to have that. I've got to get this. It's, it's selfishness. It's all about me. It's all about what I can get, what I can. Uh, and, and that's the fleshly ones. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. I'm going to keep that extra uh, printer. I, I want that. Uh, it's not my fault anyway. And I'll, no, just a minute. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. How many of the, your decisions are made because this is what I want? Or how much praying do you do and say, Lord, what do you want here? Spirit of the living God that lives within me, if, if you have repented and asked the Lord to be your Savior and your Lord, the Holy Spirit is within you. And then you need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit, and he will tell you. But if you don't spend any time listening to him, you're just out there making your own decisions. I'm going to do this and that. Oh, yeah. Whoa, just a minute. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Well, I have to have this to be happy. I'm going to do that because I want to. This is what my pleasure comes out of. This is where it comes from. Oh, just a minute. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Look at what it says in verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death. Back to that death. Death to productivity, death to uh, relationships, death to uh, loving and caring. The mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. You know, in this short chapter, chapter 8, about 20 times the Holy Spirit or the spirit is mentioned. It is through here. This whole chapter is all about Living controlled by the Holy Spirit, not the flesh. Look at what it says. The mind governed by the flesh is death. Let me tell you a story. I like to tell stories. This is a story from my past. When I was very little, we lived without any electricity. So my mother's wash machine was run by a little gas engine mounted underneath. I remember seeing her sit, sitting there with her feet up against the washing machine pulling the starter cord. <laughs> she had to keep her feet on the washing machine because it had wheels that would come towards her. So she had to sit there and pull that to get the thing started and then it would start. That little motor would start. little engine would start off just a, a roaring away and we had a, she had a flexible hose that went out the window so we didn't die of carbon monoxide poisoning while we did the wash. How many of you lived that era? One, two, <laughs> not very many. <laughs> uh, well, years went by and uh, we ended up in a place we had electricity and we got a different washing machine. But my dad, uh, uh, before he threw the washing machine away, he dismounted that little uh, engine and he, I found it one time when I was a teenager. I found it out in the garage. I thought, hey, this is neat. Let's see. I cleaned it up. I 
cleaned up the spark plug and I put some gas in it and I got it running and it just chugged along just a really neat little little thing way it went and I started looking at it and said oh that's that's neat and I noticed there was this little piece of tin there that was flipping back and forth back and forth and I didn't realize well I don't know what that is so I thought, I, we don't need that so I took it off I started the thing up you wouldn't believe it all of a sudden that thing just took off it just started bouncing it just went loud and just ran like crazy started bouncing around like this and I had to shut it down I found out I'd taken the governor off you know what the governor was there for it's to keep it controlled so that it'll work at a speed that is useful you take the governor off and the thing just goes wild and would blow to pieces if you just left it the mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind where the governor has been taken off and everything I want is for me. I don't care. It's my body. It's my flesh. It's I'm going to make the decisions. I'm going to go and do what I want to do. The mind governed, controlled. There's no control. The control has been taken off and the, there's nothing governing and holding it down. That's the same word govern that we get our government from our government is to just give a little bit of control the problem is our government is the governor's been taken off sometimes and it just goes wild trying to do all kinds of stuff it shouldn't do but the mind governed by the spirit the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace you want to live a life that is filled with love and peace and joy and all of the fruit of the Spirit that we find in Galatians, then allow the Spirit to govern. Let the Holy Spirit govern. And that little control in there is that voice within you that's saying, no, don't go there. No, shut up. <laughs> Don't say those things. Ask forgiveness. It's time to ask forgiveness. It's not time to be out there being proud and, and, and jealous and all the rest of it. And what's governing in there? What's, what, what is that little government that's going on in? Listen to it. Listen to the voice. Listen to the Holy Spirit. And you'll have life and peace. In verse 7, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. I look around and I see a lot of people who are very hostile to God. They're afraid of God or they hate God or they're upset at God or they're angry at God. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And it really doesn't matter what kind of laws you make in this, in this world. Uh, the, the, the flesh... Is hostile to God. He doesn't want what God wants. But then in verse 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If the Holy Spirit is in you and allow Him to control. I think Pastor Dave talked about this too. Even knowing the Lord and walking with the Lord, if I turn and I, I, I start to walk in the flesh, all of a sudden there's not that sweet communion anymore. All of a sudden it's like he backs off. And he, and he, and why? Because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And he gives those tugs and that little, that's not right. 
go and do this. You're not in the realm of the flesh. You're in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. You know, I had a, I had a really good relationship with my dad. Um, but you know, if I had not listened to some of the things as I was growing up that he told me to do or I shouldn't do and gave direction to my life, that fellowship wouldn't have been there. I'm so thankful as a teenager I had an incredible experience with the Lord and the Holy Spirit filled me up so much that time that it changed my attitude totally. And then I just asked him to keep filling me up with that because I didn't want that rotten attitude that I had before. And that actually changed my attitude towards my parents and towards my siblings and towards those around me and toward, toward, towards those in, in my school. It changed because the Holy Spirit began to take control. And when the Holy Spirit takes control, it's life and peace. It's great. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. If you've never, ever confessed, you've never, ever come to that point where, oh God, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Maybe you're watching me online today. And if you're at that point, or if you're here and you, you, you know, you've given so many excuses. I don't have to, I don't this, I'm going to do that. No, just a minute. Come to the end of yourself and say, oh God, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I've done these things that are wrong. This is not right. I need you. I need you. Now, you don't have to say it in special words. It's the attitude of the heart. When somebody's just crying out, oh, forgive me, forgive me. You can tell whether it's in the heart. It's not so much in the words. So if you turn your heart to him and say, oh, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I've done wrong. I've been, forgive me. Come within me. Take over. I want you to take over. He will. And if he comes within you, you become part of, you become in Christ. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. In verse 11 it says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because the spirit who lives in you, because of this wonderful, incredible spirit that's living in me and is controlling me, I will have a life. I will love my wife and I will... I will serve others and I will care for those around me. And it won't be because I'm selfish and I, 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 I've got to do this because uh, I've got to get something out of it. It's just because I will love and care because it's spirited within us. Does the spirit of the Christ, uh, the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead is living in you? Is he in control? Who governs? Who governs on how you make your decisions? Who governs your emotions? You know, so many times our emotions are in control of, of the flesh. And I want that and I'm going to do this and I don't care what they say. I'm going to... No, just a minute. Who governs, has control over your inner person? Who controls your sex life? Who controls how you spend your money? Who controls how you live your days? Who controls how you get your money and how you, get, how you spend it? Who controls all those things? Is it the Holy Spirit? You say, well, I, you know, I don't know. You know, the Holy Spirit has blessed me over and over again sometimes when uh, I didn't know what to do. 
Say, oh, Lord, help me in this. Can you help me in this? He loves us. He cares. He's care- he cares about the little tiny details in our lives. And the Holy Spirit within us is incredible. I don't know. I, uh, Marnie used to laugh at me. I did, I did a job for them when they lived in their other house. And, 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 and I'd say, well, I don't know how we're going to do that, but I'm going to pray about it. And she'd laugh. She says, you come down those things. You pray about those little things. Yep, I pray about those little things. Uh, and, and you know, the Lord answers. But who's in control? Who's governing in your life? Is it the Holy Spirit? If it's the Holy Spirit, there's some fantastic promises later on in this chapter. I'm not going to take, it, take you all through them. You go home, read chapter 8 over and over and over again. Read it over because it is incredible. Look at what it says in Romans 8, 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation that is not to the flesh to live according to it. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the Spirit... But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Holy Spirit, take over. Control me. Romans 8.28, look at what it says there. And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Some have made real mistakes on that. They're living in the flesh and they're expecting the, that God is going to bring everything together for them. Because why? Because I'm grabbing onto that promise that, it, that I know that uh, all things God works for the good for those who love him. For those who are walking in the spirit, oh yeah, you better believe it. He can supply your needs. He'll do all kinds of things. If we're walking in the flesh, it's death. Even to little things, it's death. Look what it says in Romans 8, 31 and 32. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? How much confidence do you have in the Holy Spirit guiding, filling you, guiding you, and helping you to walk every day? Now, I'll tell you, if you don't spend time in his presence, you're not going to hear the Holy Spirit because he doesn't shout very often. It's usually a whisper. It's usually that little flutter of the governor that's working there. And it's, whoa, just a minute here. I came in this auditorium the other day and and I don't know what was happening. I, I just really felt down. I had been thinking about some marriages that have failed and some different things that were going on and some sicknesses and this, and I was just down. And I began to pray and say, Holy Spirit, just come. And you know, it wasn't long before all of a sudden I began to realize he's the one I want in control. I don't want to be controlled by emotions that I can't even figure out why I'm feeling that. And as I began to pray, he gave me such a wonderful, wonderful time as I spent that time in his presence. How much time do you spend in his presence? How can you expect him to control you if you're not asking him to control and be your your governor? How much time? Oh, Lord. I need to spend more time in your presence and I got to just check this out. I want you to be the one who's controlling my emotions and my thoughts and, and, and all of the things, my fears. Holy Spirit, come. Come. 
Many times the Holy Spirit says, well, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? <laughs> and I'm so worried about something and all of a sudden, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Nothing. Worst thing is I could die and go and be with you. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's not so bad. Oh, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit. And then as we get to the end of this chapter, for I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, not anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. <laughs> wow! What's so bad about being controlled by the Spirit, by the spirit of one who loves me with a never-ending love, that he loves me, it doesn't matter what's going to happen, he's going to love me. Some have walked away and been led by the flesh and have really messed out, but that never changed God's love to them. He loves those that are giving him the finger. He loves those that are, are, are out there uh, uh, walking in all of the sin of the flesh. He loves us. He'll never stop loving us. But to walk filled with his spirit... Then you can feel and know that love. Uh, the other night, Pastor Dave made a, 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 an observation which I, I hadn't thought of before, but he says chapter 8 begins with a negative and ends with a negative, and they're the most positive negatives that you can imagine. Chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk after the flesh and not after the, walk after the spirit, not after the flesh, and it ends with there is nothing that can separate me from His love. Life nor death, angels, principalities, powers, heights, depths, nothing, nothing can separate me from Him. He loves me. I'm the one who has to decide how much control He's going to have in my life. I'm the one who has to decide whether I'm going to take the governor off or I'm going to let him, let the Holy Spirit govern. Would you close your eyes? If you're here in the auditorium or you're online and right now, you know you're a sinner, but you've never, ever broken down and said, Oh, God, I've sinned against you, Lord Jesus. Forgive me. I need your forgiveness. Do it. Tell him that right now. In whatever words you want to use, just cry out to him and just say, oh, forgive me. Wash my, wash my sins away. I need you. I desperately need you. Come into my life. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Maybe you made that decision a long time ago. You've been walking with the Lord, but You've been walking through a little bit of muck lately. You got your feet dirty. Pastor Dave talked about that too. You need a washing. You need a cleansing. It's easy to walk into muck these days. You can flip the TV on and there's pornographic things that are coming in. Put thoughts and things in your mind. Someone says something and you get angry. Somebody on uh, on. Social media says something and you get upset. Well, maybe you've been walking through some of the muck and dirt. 
It's time to stop and repent. Say, Lord, forgive me. I don't want to walk there. I want life and peace. I want your Holy Spirit to be in charge. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, please, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I desire to be filled with you, Lord. Tell him that right now, right where you're seated there, right where you're listening. I need you, Lord. Forgive me. Repentance is the beginning. Crying out and saying, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Holy Spirit, Lord, we need you. Fill us to overflowing with you. We need you to govern in our lives. We need you to be in control. Lord, I know the past has been taken care of. Help me today to walk close to you, filled with your spirit. Amen. If you'd like us to pray with you after we sing our last song, there will be people here to pray. I'll be willing to pray. You need an infilling of the Holy Spirit. We'll pray with you. You need to ask forgiveness of the Lord. Come and ask forgiveness. If you don't want anybody to pray, just come on up here and just kneel down and cry out and say, I repent, Lord. Forgive me. I want to walk with you. I want to. He'll do fantastic things. Life and peace in the Spirit.